Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod, episode 153. I'm delighted to say co-hosting today is, and it's a word that is massively overused, not in this case, proper Red Roses leg end, Rocky Clark. How are you, Rocky? Hey, Johnny. Yeah, I'm absolutely fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Delighted to be here. So I'm excited to chat all things rugby with you. Yeah, it was a, an incredible weekend, wasn't it, um, here in England with the Premier 15 semi-finals. We will have a new name on the trophy come a couple of weeks' time. We're going to look back at those semi-finals and, boy, incredible games as well as incredible occasions. We'll talk about the new landmark, inverted commas, contracts that England have given to their Red Roses. We've got all the news as well from France, some Sevens news in there, South African news as well. And we're also going to go over to the USA to talk about Premier Rugby Sevens, which kicks off this weekend with Naya Tapper. All coming up on the Women's Rugby Pod. So then, Rocky, incredible occasion. Let's get the details out of the way first before we have a chitter-chatter, pitter-patter. Gloucester Hartbury on Saturday with a, a record crowd, 21-12 against Bristol. And then on Sunday, it was Exeter. Most dramatic fashion that beat Saracens 24-21, uh, over 4,000 at Sandy Park. The final will be at King's Home Saturday, the 24th of June, 3.30 in the afternoon. The kickoff for that one. Unbelievable scenes. Let's get into Saturday first, Rocky. What did you make of, uh, uh, of the occasion yeah, absolutely incredible scenes. Like I think this is the biggest semi-final we've seen. The amount of the the huge crowd that was going, the build up to it, the coverage. It was, you know, what it was billed to be and the the comeback from Bristol was just, you know, what we needed to see. We didn't want to see a one-sided game. It was just absolutely brilliant to see. It was Gloucester Hartbury who threw out of the traps uh, Sarah Beckett with a try three four minutes, wasn't it? Um she's uh, enjoying her an excellent end to the season. Kelsey Jones put one over as well on the 30-minute mark. And then, as you say, Bristol turned the screw, didn't they? Lark Davis. Not shy of a try line, is she, Lark? She knows where the try line is, doesn't she? Well, it's a, a thing, isn't it? The, uh, the hookers scoring tries. Why were Gloucester's heartbreak so good? I mean, obviously lots of emotion. Um, they've never been to a, a, a final before. Home semi-final, of course, they finished top of the league. Talking to Sean Lynn last week, that was a, a, a big motivation for them. They, they felt deserved, but yeah, they had to work for it. But you, know, you finished top of the league. I like the fact that the top two uh, have got through to, to, to the final. But they came out with a, with a real bang. They played some incredible rugby this season, and that's the way they started this game. Yeah, for for sure. And like getting into the game so early with, with Sarah Beckett, she's been an absolute bowling ball every time she carried. It's not often you see Sarah Byrne put on her bum when uh, Sarah Beckett absolutely flies into her. The, the, the front foot ball that she was able to get her team, they defended, didn't they, for about two minutes before they got got the turnover and then shifted it out wide and, and scored in the corner. And, and that kind of intent, that defensive effort was just so outstanding to see. It was it was awesome. Uh, you know, you, you can't fold it. The double tackles going in, the line speed, the the being patient, 
because you you know you sort of think of Bristol, they're keeping the ball, playing the phases, but they're just they're just going from edge to edge. They're not really making any punch forward, are they? It's all international pack, isn't it? Um, and quite incredible. Maud Muir, Kelsey Jones, Laura Delgado, Sam Monaghan, Allcroft, Alex Matthew, Bethany Lewis, Sarah Beckett. I mean, it's a it's a pack. Um, you'd say right up there in terms of strength in the entirety of, of this league, but. There was a real, real desire, a real, real hunger, and and that showed. Come the final whistle. I just, I've put a question to you, and I'm sure it's not the case, but have they played their final? Oh, both uh, both Exeter and, and Gloucester, obviously. Are renowned for their for their defensive effort and their big ball playing forwards and their offloading game. So I, I would like to think they haven't because they. Um, I still think there's a, there's there's more to come. And if we look, it's all about consistency, isn't it? They won 16 out of their 18 games in the season, and every game they've they've pretty much been in control, um, just with a with a few. Few areas that they need to improve on. Line out is an area that they'll be really prepping this week. But and obviously doing all the analysis on Exeter, I, you know, you've got to say the occasion. They've 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 got to throw everything at it. It's, it's their opportunity. Obviously, Exeter have been in the final before. They've got that experience. They've got that heartbreak. But yeah, it's a really tough one to call. Actually, like you know, it's a massive game on momentum and you know what forwards can can dominate the others if they can at all. Yeah, as you say, that is certainly one area that uh, Gloucester Harbury want to tighten up that that line out um, defensively. I thought they're, they're right on the money. Two week gap to the to the final is going to help some very very tired, sore bodies, but also mentally to kind of park that up. I think you know if it's back to back, I'm hugely impressed. With, look, we'll get into extra in a moment or two, but hugely impressed with with their fitness levels. Um, so yeah, I think that extra week is is gonna gonna help Gloucester Hartbury. Um Bristol, gotta give them their, their dues. Um some brilliant words from Dave Ward uh, at the end of the game. It was a phenomenal advert for for rugby. Um I don't need to say women's rugby for, for rugby. They did race back in, in into the game and, and full credit to them for doing that. Yeah, absolutely. You can tell, you know, Dave Ward and the leaders at half time rallied the troops, got them uh, got them fired up. You know, you you get one shot at a semi-final and and they had to to to, to do everything they could. I'd say Bristol really need to work on their kicking game. They got a lot more success when they had a higher tempo um you know and played with with kick exits, played in the right areas rather than overplaying and, and uh, Gloucester getting the, the turnovers and, and scoring off it. But, you know, they can hold their heads up high. They've had a great season and and they're a team that can turn any big team over. And, like, yes, it wasn't their day. They left it too late at the weekend, but certainly can, uh, you know, hold their heads up high and know that they've, they've thrown everything at it. Yeah, I mean, finished, what, seven points clear of, of Harlequins in in fifth. Fully deserve their their semi final spot, and I and I and I do think in rugby, um, whether it's men or women's, you, you earn your stripes, don't you? Um, you sometimes you, you're not always going to race straight to the final and, and win it and pick up the cups first thing. It, it, it's those learnings and um, lots of sides have, have got to be been there thereabouts and then finally won it. Uh, Bristol won't go away, will they? 
No, absolutely not. They they found their feet in the second half of the season, and and you know having Dave uh, Dave Ward in and and just you can see how he wants to play, and and they they obviously want to keep keep the ball, but they they just need to keep developing on playing in the right areas. Obviously, like Amber Reed is a vital player for them, and her being able to maybe get them a few more exits and and, and stepping into that that um, ten position to to clear lines. If needed, like that, you know, I think that's that's how they're going to develop. But certainly, I've been so impressed. You know, when you've got the likes of Sarah Byrne, Simi Pan, giving you front football, and they work their absolute socks off, and full credit to them. But they, I think, Bristol just needed an extra layer, like maybe some balls in behind and a few more dummy runners, rather than being, you know, easy for for Gloucester to see who was going to carry. Because, you know. Sarah Byrne was getting double tackled and although she was making yards, normally we're used to seeing her make the metres, but obviously that creates space out wide, so they've got to do something else off of it. But I definitely think they're in a in a really good place and I think in the next two, three years we're going to really see them flourish. Yeah, I, I couldn't couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, just a slight bit of deception and you and you think you, you spoke about Amber Reed, of course, El Snowsill, um those those playmakers. There's, there's plenty of footballing ability and playmaking ability there for, for for Bristol. Speaking of which the orchestration, the the puppeteering of uh, the Gloucester Hartbury halfbacks through lovely Mo Hunt and Freaky George um has just been a, a real feature of their season. Yeah, Lakey has just been, she's such a threat on ball, isn't she? She's got a great pass and, and you, you know, you can't, you can't shift off of her because she's such a great ball carrier as well as being able to put people away. And obviously Mo Hunt pulling the strings and get, inviting her forwards onto the ball who are massive bulldozers anyway. So when they're getting really good front football, it, it, it's an armchair ride for the fly half who can then unleash you, you know, the, the, the danger they've got in the backs is, you know, I think it's a pretty much full-rounded team with Gloucester. I'm hugely impressed by them. And they seem to take the, for me, Rocky, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, seem to take the, the right option. And that, that comes with, yes, of course, his experience uh, in the Bristol Hardbacks. But between Mohan and Craigie George, just seem to take the, the right option more often than not. Yeah, and we know Mo is so experienced at reading the game. She's so creative. She knows what's needed. And I'd say one of the biggest things for halfbacks to learn is the importance of front football. So Mo knows that if they haven't got that, that it's it's to set another forward phase up, get them onto that front foot, which then gives the the backs you know more space, more time to to distribute the ball and or or carry. But um, yeah, I, th- I think she has been absolutely vital to to uh, to Gloucester for sure. Yeah, a real heartbeat player for them. So well done to to Gloucester. The, the incentive of a of a home final has got to be a massive draw, isn't it? Oh yeah, you only have to you only have to look at that with how desperate Saracens were to try and get a, a home semi against um, Exeter and and. I think for for Gloucester being able to play at home and and have the amount of support that they did and they've been building the fan base throughout the year and and you know it just they just turn it into a party vibe and everyone gets behind them it's loud it's a it's a hard place to go and and just to be able to have that you know gives you that extra percentage. 
certainly does. And I, and I don't think it's any coincidence um, that uh, James Forrester, uh, Django is his name, um, wonderful rugby player, spent some, some years outside of uh, of the country, setting up gyms and, and youth, I think uh, might be his country. His, his company but uh he's become the new ceo at gloucester heartbreak spent a huge amount of time behind the scenes uh building the bridges initially and it's making sure that they're maintained really well as well connecting gloucester heartbreak and, and the main sort of club at, at gloucester which was very much needed and goes impressive people wanted to get involved in the women's games a, a great appointment um do you know him do you know Django? Yeah, I've I've met him once, and yeah, he was he was just a such a nice guy, and and he was so genuine, and took the time to find out about what he'd been been doing, and and just seemed so you know pro women's rugby, and and like you said, it's no coincidence he's come in, and and we talk about Mo Hunt being the heartbeat of Gloucester, but he he is you know the equivalent of that, and and for him to get things done and things to happen, and then Gloucester. Are in the final, you know, it it is no coincidence. He's a he's a massive asset to to Gloucester for sure. No, he, he certainly is. I saw him at uh, a game. It was last season, um, and yet echoing what you're saying, just wanted to know, just wanted to absorb. Wasn't like, I'm going to do this, this, this. Just wanted to learn off people who, you know, kind of be been within the game. And I think that's a you know, there's two types of people who are rugby at the moment coming into it. Those who want to sort of promote themselves through through women's rugby, which we have no time for, but uh, and, and then those who are, are doing it for genuine reasons. And, and Django's uh, doing a great job at Gloucester Heartbreak. As is Shawlin, Mo Hunt, and the rest of them. Well done to the circus. You've booked your place in the final. And then, boy, oh boy, what a game on Sunday. Any nails left? Where did you Where, where did you watch it? Yeah, I was um, I was at home sitting on the edge of my seat. What a game! I mean, to be honest, that had that had sort of final kind of dramas and everything written all over it, didn't it? With the the three yellow cards that Saracens had, and and you know the lead swapping, um, and that second half, it was just yeah, could have gone either way, and and I think that. Yeah, thank goodness there's two weeks between the semis and the finals because they absolutely knocked five bells out of each other, didn't they? And, you know, I know Saracens will be really, really hurting and and Exeter coming into it off of their, their last win um, after, off the back of a couple of defeats. So so for them, they're on about building. They've got their strong squad back and, and a big victory over Gloucester a few weeks back will, will certainly give them confidence. But they... They, I think they need to ask a few more questions as well when they when they play uh, Gloucester. They they looked a little one dimensional at times as well. What do you make of the the, the yellow cards? There's been a, a little few rumblings, and look, part of me likes the fact that the women's game is being analysed in that kind of kind of detail. It's not all just oh, isn't it all great? Um, because you know <laughs> the the players deserve the proper proper analysis. Those yellow cards, right right for you. Yeah, I've, I, you know, you saw, you saw Marley put her hands on her head after, yeah, and, she knew, and she? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Holly had just been done for it a couple of uh, minutes before, so I think that was right, right, Corn. You, you, you really have to weigh up, you know, risk reward and being in that sort of situation down to fourteen. You know that that's tough, but it's so. It's so inviting, isn't it? You're getting, you know, oh, my hand, ah, your instinct. And then, yeah, it 
it's it, it is really tough. Um, but I thought you know Saris defended pretty well considering they were they were down what was it seven eight minutes down to thirteen and um, I think they, I think it was one try scored of it. I think yeah, it was only one try. Yeah, yeah, um, which was probably going to happen anyway. So yeah, it, they they managed to ride the wave, but but. I think the semis and the final are all going to be and have been about momentum. And you could see the momentum swing, you know, so many times during that game. Like you said, edge of the seat stuff, no nails left. It was absolutely brilliant. And, you know, for people sitting on the fence, what a brilliant game to watch and just get more fans to the game. Yeah, 100%. Um, it was, say, over, over 4,000. Um, and uh, said. Fitting a, a final um, in terms of the, the, the quality of rugby. Do Exeter win that game? And bear in mind, well, the tribes were two minutes before the final whistle. Do they win that game if they don't have that home support? We know how important it is for them, and, and they've kind of turned it into a fortress down there. It's a, it is a tough place to go, even though a lovely place, but a very tough place to go. And you know, Saracens having never never beaten them down there, and I, you know, in the finals, it's going to be tough for them. Uh, that I've seen that they're putting buses on to get travelling supporters to go, and they they need to try and try and get that um, support up there, but. They they have to massively focus on what they've been doing all season, what's given them the success and and building building the game off of their their big again, they're very similar to Gloucester with their big carrying forwards like Hope Rogers, like she has been phenomenal, hasn't she? Every game she pretty much scores a try, absolute go-to, makes a line break. You know, there's there's no wonder she's she's been seen in a seven shirt before as well. She she is brilliant. And then Kate Zachary in the backs, like she, you can just play off her, can't you? She will create something out of nothing. It's such an athlete, an absolute worldie of a player. And, you know, you, you've got to try and contain those two. And and I think they're um, they're real danger. If they have a good game, people thrive off of that and, and build. But, yeah, I think that they are genuinely and really struggling to call which way it will go. Um yeah, obviously that that home advantage for Gloucester is is, is going to be quite a big thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, I posed the question about Gloucester play, playing their final, um, and a lot of this game is going to be uh, up top, isn't it? The top top three inches. I remember having a, a a conversation with a good old colleague of yours many many years ago, many 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 twenty <laughs> odd years ago, Sophie Hemming. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, she through her week and uh, the sacrifices she had to make. The reason I bring it up is, and it's one of the reasons that uh, attracted me to, to, to women's rugby and, and wanted to just try and put a spotlight on uh, the incredible sacrifices that you guys made and, and the girls still make now. Hope Rogers is away from her family, away from her, you know, her partner. And, and I just, having spoken to Susie Apple, it's it's that family they've had to create because they don't have any other family around. And that's for me. That's app. It's palpable. You can see it running through, and of course it was at home. But you can see it running through the entire squad on the bench, all the rest of it. That collective will that you're going to go that extra, you know, two meters when you're picking up the ball. You're going to go half a second quicker because you're doing it for people you genuinely, genuinely care about and spend a huge amount of time. Is that 
do you feel the same? Now I've ranted and raved about that. Do, do you feel the same? That they, they're just incredible. I'm not saying that, you know, better team spirit than any other team, but it's palpable down at the Chiefs, isn't it? You, you can see it. All social media, they're, they're, they're hanging out with each other all the time, you know, away from the rugby pitches. You can see, like you said, when the final whistle goes, everyone's pretty much doing cartwheels and jumping around. There's people on crutches, like scurrying along with their sticks up in the air and, and they're absolutely buzzing. And it is really special, that camaraderie, that family as you talk about that they've they've created and and hope and and all the um, the other internationals that are away from their family, they they've got they've made best friends. They've got people that they confide in. You know that they will get homesick and but all the others are going through it. You know I, I remember when in the World Cup camps where we were away from our family and and we were going through grueling horrible sessions, but but it was okay because when you looked up your mate was going through it and they had your back. And I, I think that's exactly what, what those girls are doing. And you just see, they, they love each other. They would, they put their bodies on the line for each other week in, week out. And the, the competition as well. Let's look at the players that they have on the bench as well. Like with Kalina on the bench, like how, how hard is it on her? Who's, who's been phenomenal as well this season. Like they've just got such great competition and people and everything. Yeah. Uh, and not even you talk about Cleaner Maloney there, um, and understand that Claudia McDonald will be back in the in the mix as well for for the final. Um, yeah, I mean international uh, front row to, to come on, Robin Wilkins, um, yeah, a very uh, accomplished Welsh international, Laurie Kramer, an exciting Australian winger. Uh, yeah, incredible squad. He's going to have to change over the next few years, certainly. Um, we sort of qualifications, uh, yeah, English qualified players and, and what have you coming in, but yeah, e- even the youngsters, um, uh, yeah, I thought, uh, obviously Sinclair's try uh, at the end was, was, was brilliant. That second half comeback, but Katie Buchanan, uh, a youngster, uh, really, really good end of the season and, and a fabulous semi final from her uh, as well. And then in around that. That experience that uh, Zachary Cantona, uh, McGovern, I thought her boot uh, has been, well, it's been crucial all season, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, length of boot, a variety of kick when she chooses to do it. It's been crucial. Yeah, she's been a magnificent find, hasn't she? Like, we talk about threats on the ball, the lecky, like the, the the boot that she's got, the, the cool, calm head she's got. She seems like she's got more time than anyone else on the on the ball and, and is able just to you know, orchestrate what she wants and unleash or back herself or kick. Like she seems to have loads of time and, you know, that that's credit to the skill set that she's got and the understanding of the game as well. Well, it was uh, just finally, just wrapping up, I, 14-0, Sarah's went out, didn't they? Uh, that try literally just after half time. Um, I'd love to know what was said and, and we'll, we'll speak to for, speak to both camps next week uh, on the podcast to Harbury and to, to Exeter. But Kate Zachary, as you say, sort of galvanising and scoring that try crucially. Of course, they had to be hurt. Then McGovern with uh, the conversion of the penalty. Hope Rogers scores. Uh, that's converted as well. Sarries get one back. And you think, oh, my goodness gracious me. And then either Sinclair. Um, and it was on the cards, wasn't it? They battered and battered and battered. Very Exeter. Men or women, very, very exeter, and then the space was out, out wide. It was um, incredible composure from them. 
Yeah, exactly right. And the, you know, you know when you play Exeter that they they they've got that set game plan. Everyone do, knows their roles. Everyone knows and is composed and calm and just does what they need to do. As long as they don't drop it, they were going to score, weren't they? It was um, the build up was there. It was composed because you know there was there was the danger that they might just keep picking and going and then get held up. But they had that that confidence to go and uh, yeah, like. You know what a moment for her to score and and just before full time as well. Maybe, maybe when they were looking to score, I think it was about seven minutes before the end. Maybe that was that was great that they didn't because then they scored right in the last the death of the game and and that was that was it. Then there was no no chance for Sarri's comeback. It was a phenomenal phenomenal game of rugby, as we've said. Huge congratulations to. CBC, Appleby, C. Selvin, uh, and the rest of the guys at Exeter Chiefs. We'll see you at the uh, at the final at King's Home week Saturday. Just to remind you of that one, get your tickets through the RFU website, Gloucester Harbury website, in fact, actually. Not the RFU, or probably both, or Prem 15's website. You get your tickets there. It's not difficult. Um, yeah, let's fill the place out. Let's fill the place out, as you say, extra putting on buses as well from their place. Uh, brilliant, brilliant game. Let's see if uh, Exeter can do it again. Or will Gloucester Hartbury have a majority of the momentum? And I think that's what it comes down to, doesn't it? Because both sides are going to have purple patches, right, Rocky? And and it's who can convert absorbing the purple patch to getting into that purple patch and keeping that purple patch the longest. Is that the, the key to the final? Yeah, it's that. I mean, we we know the emotion. We know that they're gonna uh, fly out and throw everything at each other, and and both teams have got such strong defenses and big strong forwards and great kicking games, etc. But it's about riding the wave. Can they keep in that arm wrestle when when it, the going gets tough? Can they stay composed? Can they not give? A penalty followed by another penalty. Can they can they break the chain of of errors? Can they can they play the phases? Can they play in the right in the right areas? And and uh, you know we've seen we've seen both teams be able to to come through purple patches and and execute when they needed to. So yeah, it all makes and is built for you know the top uh, top game of the season. But we also know so you know. A team would take winning three 0 wouldn't they? <laughs> like you know, to to win. So yeah, I, I hope it's as exciting as it's built to be for sure. Go on, then. Who's going to win it? Oh, honestly, I'm going friends Gloucester. of both camps. Exeter, Gloucester, Exeter. Uh, at the moment, having just talked about it, I'm going to go Exeter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I, I just. Yeah, they didn't like losing last year. Uh, didn't felt did themselves justice in the final, uh, and they've got that experience of being in the final and all that kind of jazz. And I also, I, I think, the home advantage may turn to a possibly a disadvantage um, with with the added pressure of playing in front of your your, your bearing fans. Um, so yeah, we, we're both going extra. Sorry, Gloucester Hartbury. Uh, one other thing, just to let you know about uh, that semi final, uh, and we will. Say nothing more about it because it's a it's a live investigation. The RFU are investigating incidents that happened, I believe, at half time uh, involving Poppy Cleo and some of the Exeter management. We will let you know the outcome of that investigation when it is out. 
Only other news out of England. Um, it's fairly big news, really, isn't it, Rocky? Um, England have announced a new landmark. I'll say that inverted commas. Uh, in some ways, it is, but you always got to read between the lines. Um, and it took took some clarification from a, a group of media bods we have in, uh, in women's rugby here in the UK. Um, new contracts will run up, run up to three years. Not all of them, in fact, very few of them is the understanding, but it can run up to three years before it was mainly just one-year contracts, big pay rise, although no disclosure on exact salaries. And the squad has swelled by two up to 32. There will also be six transition contracts to support aspiring Red Roses. The RFU getting ahead of the curve, um, as they have done, and full credit to them. Um, say these enhancements include improved match fees, better opportunities for off-field development, and agreements around Revenue if business targets are exceeded. Um, John Mitchell, although he's not even started, was involved in the conversation. Connor Shea, of course, was head of high performance at the RFU, Charlie Hater, Hater, head of high performance for the women. Um, and Christian Day from the RPA, all involved in those conversations. Oh, Rocky. I mean, brilliant for them, but stuff you can only dream of. I know exactly. It's hard to not be jealous, isn't it? I, you know, I'd uh, if I'd done 137 caps now, I'd uh, I'd have a really nice house. But there a millionaire, millionaire, a millionaire. Well, maybe not that far, but no, not, not you know, it is it is fantastic, and that's the way the game's evolving. I, I want all of our our women to have the best opportunity, and I want the rest of the world to catch up. England are trailblazers in their landmark. Um, things they're doing with maternity pay and obviously uh, extra contracts and the and the six transitional ones like that's you know it's only a positive thing um obviously money going up as well and three-year contracts that just gives them that bit of security stability that you know if they get an injury or so or you know form drops out they're they're also they're being back for that time so I think I think it is massive and I think it's something that um, other nations can aspire to. Are we at a finished product? Absolutely not. Are we on our way? Have we taken another step? Yes, we have. But um, yeah, it's it's great to see. But also, yeah, it's uh, it's it's what we need to do, and and we just need to keep progressing that way forward. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, obviously, yeah, England, New Zealand, so we're trying to push their noses ahead of each other, aren't they? Um, there's some moving and shaking going on down in New Zealand with in terms of their progress and stuff, but yeah, contracts um, given out there. You know, great for an aspiring young player coming into, or, you know, has been earmarked for England and they got those six um, up and coming uh, squad player ones as well. You know, that's only what dreams could be made of. Uh, the thought of, of having that opportunity when I was 19, 20, I'd have bit the hand off. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a credit. But, you know, we still want more. <laughs> yeah, uh, of course. Um, and parity w- w- will take a little while. But I think, you know, you get ahead of that curve. That The, the pressure, certainly media-wise, is, is less. The bottom line is, young girls who may be listening to this or watching or whatever can now aspire to make a living from playing rugby. And that's that's a huge sea change. Oh, it's it's absolutely massive. You know, when I was uh, sort of 15, 16, that was never an opportunity. And 
and for now kids who have just started picking up rugby they can go and be a they can you know their job they want to go and be a full-time rugby player absolutely amazing to see how far we've come in such little time relatively um and I, I think it's incredible and you know the heights that um the premiership's going as well and there's uh quite a bit of back it financial backing in that as well so it's well within somebody's potential that they could go and be a semi-pro player or pro player for sure i'm kira bevan and you're listening to the women's rugby pod Okay, so news from around the globe with the Euro Sevens. It was the first leg of the European Sevens Championship in the Algarve at the weekend. France, with a very strong squad selected, swept all before them. They only conceded a point in the final against Great Britain, which ended 19-7. Ireland were third, beating the improving Poland Sevens side. And next weekend is the European Trophy's first leg in Zagreb, the Olympic qualifier in Krakow uh, follows the weekend after before the championship concludes in Hamburg on the 7th to 9th of July. Over to France. Stade Bordelais have won their first title in this, guys. I'm saying that mainly for, for John Birch at Scone Queens because um, they have won it in a different guys. Anyway, uh, Stade Bordelais are the French champions their first ever final one, 27-23. Again, another hugely exciting. Uh, look at our socials. We've uh, we retweeted the, the highlights of that one. They came storming back from 8-20 at one point. Just got 19 points. Those three tries all by forwards from driving lineouts or pick and go. Yeah, they, they certainly tightened things up. Uh, their last try, winning try, came only two minutes left on the clock. Blagak full of French stars like Fulani, Mayans, Escudero, Kirai and uh, Vernier again will have to be content with the runners up medal. Melissa Lars, two tries, well worth watching uh, as well. But uh, she was on the losing side. Uh, so huge congratulations to Stad Bordelais. Okay, next up, we're over to South Africa, where the Bulls Daisies scored an emphatic win over Western Province in round six of the South African Premier Division. They maintained their unbeaten status with a final score in Cape Town of 41-0. Border Ladies won their fifth game in a row with a third on the road, winning 27-20 over the Golden Lions. Bolland Dames finally got themselves a win with 31-28 over EP Queens. So the Daisies remain on top on 25 points. Border Ladies played one more and two points behind them. WP. Sharks, EP Queens and Boland Dames and the Golden Lions. This week, Boland Dames travel to the Sharks, EP Queens host Western Province and the Bulls Daviesies and the Golden Lions go head-to-head. It's a mouthful, certainly, isn't it? Um, all of that. Um, but yeah, rugby continues in South Africa. Starting up this weekend, though, um, we have... The Premier Rugby Sevens over in the United States. Um, this started a couple of years ago, didn't it? Uh, it's a men's and women's rugby sevens competition. It's a touring competition mould, really. Uh, involves 16 teams, eight men's, eight women's, uh, all equal across the board in terms of pay, competing against each other uh, across the country, sort of. There's a round robin stage, uh, then a semi-finals, and then and then a big finals day 
in Washington, D.C. A lady competing in that who can tell us all about it and the team names alone are outstanding. Um, I can assure you. Naya Tapper, USA Eagle 7 star, joined me a little earlier in the week. Exciting stuff going on over in the USA. But first of all, we always ask our guests, how are you? What are you up to at the moment? Um, so I just got back to San Diego. We have a check-in training week this week. Um, we just had a month off after the finishing of the season for this past year. And so just to have some time off to refresh, reset, and then just coming back in for this week to make sure that we're hitting our standards that we created in the beginning of the year and towards the end of the season to make sure that we're prepped and ready to go for the Olympic year. So Good season. Um, what What's the, the reflection now? It's all sort of all wound up into lose. Um, I think for us, just continuing to build on the awareness that we gained of what makes us successful and what doesn't and trying to put all of our energy into the things that make us successful, but also um, saving some of that energy to fix some of the things that allowed us to be not so successful. Um, We had a great season, but um, there's always things to learn in any situation. And so we're just trying to take everything we can learn from that to get even better as a team. One of the reasons we got you on was to talk about, the Premier Rugby Sevens, um, which is going on in the USA, um, started a few couple of years ago, didn't it? But it, it's doubled, isn't it, this this season? Going into 16 teams, uh, I believe, men's, eight men's, eight women's, competing against each other all, all across the country. I mean, literally, it's all over the place. Um, and, you know, the league is the first professional women's rugby union competition in North America to offer contracts to women. If we knew nothing about it, and apart from what I've just said, just give us a little insight as to the, the, the tournament, the teams, that kind of stuff. So for this season with PR7s, they split it into East and West Coast conferences. And so you have four teams on the East Coast, four teams on the West Coast, and you'll have two tournament weeks minimum three tournament weeks maximum based on your performance as a team. And so for the first week, the East Coast, for the first two weeks, the East Coast teams will play the East Coast teams. West Coast teams will play the West Coast teams. And then for that final tournament in D.C., everybody will come together and um, we'll play to see who will be the champion team of the season. So that's kind of how it's broken down this year. Um, Super excited. It's a great time for rugby in the U.S. currently. So in the Western Conference, Golden State, Retrievers, uh, you've got the Rhino SoCal Loggerheads, Rocky Mountain Experts, uh, and the, the Northern Loonies. Um, and then in the, uh, the Eastern Conference, Southern Headliners, Texas team, New York locals, and the Pittsburgh Steel Toes. Who are you playing for? I'll be playing for the Headliners. So how, how are these franchises then, then pulled together? Um, In terms of players on teams, the coaches draft the players. So kind of similar to NFL drafts, something of that sort. And with that, as a player, from my understanding, you you have some leeway with if you want to be on an East Coast team or a West Coast team, depending on your location or other uh, important reasons. 
you've got a, an opening tournament, uh, East Coast Conference, that kicking off uh, this weekend, um, isn't it, in Austin, Texas. The West Coast on the 24th, Minneapolis, uh, San Jose, California, the weekend after the West Conference Finals and the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, Pittsburgh, uh, and then the big finals in Washington, D.C. Howdy Field. Americans getting a hold of, of, of rugby. You you clearly love it. Um, there's plenty of people over in the country that, that do love it. You know, you've got the Hope Rogers and the Kate Zacharys and all the rest of the that are over here. Rachel Johnson's, yes, yeah, some, some phenomenal, phenomenal players. Um, but, but is it beginning to take hold over there? Uh, in my opinion, it started taking hold maybe five years ago. And so um, with PR7s coming in the picture two years ago, I think it really started booming because it's providing more opportunities for players in other sports to be able to get a taste of the sport before they get to the national level. So I think it's been amazing um, how much it's picked up, especially with the performance of the the women and men's national teams in the past five to seven years, how much we've improved and stamped our way into rugby in the world. Because for a long time, you know, we were still figuring out the ropes. And I think we're getting a lot closer to being one of those teams known for being great rugby players, not just great athletes. Do you see the development in, in, in the tournament? Uh, it says it's, you know, the, the frills that go, go alongside the organization, the, the stadia, the, the the social media that go, goes around, is that improving year on year as well? Absolutely. Um, you have people like Ilona Marr, Carlin Isles, Perry Baker, who are just skyrocketing the sport on social media to be able to bring eyes to the amazing things that the men's and women rugby players are doing in the U.S. So I think that has been very beneficial because we know how important and powerful social media can be, the impact that we've been able to make with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the shake and bake and, uh, and all the rest of it, I'm doing some, some tremendous stuff. You talk about big world superstars. This this competition, this uh, PR7s, has attracted a, a couple of World Cup winners, um, Olympians as well, like like, like yourself, uh, Stacey Flula and Ruby Tui. I mean, that, that, that's two of the biggest names in, in women's world, certainly 15s, if not 7s as well. Um, that's, that's great for the competition, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, we're super excited to have them be a part of something that we're creating for a lot of the youngins looking or wanting to play rugby and looking for those role models. So we're um, super excited to have them here and know they're going to have a great impact on the on the game and on the audience and the growth of the sport in the U.S. So if we just, finally, we're just, just wrapping up, if people are listening, wherever this weekend, uh, possibly around the Austin area, Minneapolis area, um, what can they expect you can at these tournaments in terms of the rugby, the atmosphere, what goes on around. Come on, here's your sales pitch. All right, here we go. <laughs> um, with sevens all around the world, specifically PR sevens, you can expect to see a lot of rugby stars, a lot of up-and-coming rugby players that are ready to stamp their name um, in the game. You can see a lot of costumes, a lot of super 
fun and excited fans, a lot of good drinks and food and just good energy in general. It's going to be exciting, exhilarating and a moment that you're not going to want to miss. Boom. There it is. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's why they pay her the big ambassadorial bucks. <laughs> right there. There's the there's the quote. Um there's the nugget. Uh, that's brilliant. No, thank you so much. Um, always, always enjoyed commentating on you um, on the on the World Seven Series. Uh, it's a real pleasure to to meet you today, and um, thank you very much for for coming on the WRP. And all the very best. Go! Oh, I've forgotten the name of your headliners. Go the headliners. Go the headliners. <laughs> thank Great you so stuff. much for having me. Um, appreciate the opportunity, and now you know who you need to cheer for. Headliners all the way. <laughs> headliners it is. Thanks so much. Thank you. Great to hear from Naya Tabak. Ruby Tui got a call. Stacey Fluna's got a call. Did you not get the call, Rocky? I I tell you what, I had a number from there, but uh, I missed it. So yeah, I'm, I'm really sad. I should have answered it. I can't. I can't believe that that they're not drafted you in for a bit of bit of sevens in the heat over well, in the USA. Could be on standby. You never know. Yeah, indeed. So is available. Finals will stay. Um, but look, they, 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 they're doing it different over there. We know world rugby uh, are desperate to to break the US, aren't they? Uh, but like actors and sort of pop stars and what have you. Um, there's a huge amount commercially over there. World Cup in a few, a few World Cups time, of course. But they do it differently. They do it in an American way. You know, the draft pick and the franchises and all the rest of it. Different, but not necessarily wrong. It, it adds some some real excitement to it all, doesn't it? Oh yeah, you know you're trying to make the game uh, exciting. You know, get get the fans, get more players, and you know it's just a different way of doing it. And and in the US, the 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 game is you know rocketing up, and and you know they have to make it attractive. And I you know I think fair play to them for for doing it slightly different. And, and I think, you know, all eyes will be on it and can't wait to see it unfold. Yeah. So just let you know, the Eastern Conference kickoffs uh, this weekend, 17th uh, in Austin, Texas, Western Conference 24th, Minneapolis, uh, Western Conference finals, San Jose on the 15th of July, 23rd of July for the Eastern Conference finals in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And then it all rounds up. In Washington, D.C. on the 6th of August in the championship tournament. Flow Rugby. Uh, no, it's uh, NBC. NBC Sports for that one. I'm Stacey Fluler and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. I thoroughly enjoyed you co-hosting today, Rocky. I always love your, your company and your, and your thoughts. You're a busy lady uh, as ever, rushing directly from the gym to, to jump on the, on the pod today. Um, what's, what's next for you? New, new coaching gig. Yeah, I'm, uh, I must say I'm a busy girl and, and, and keeping the fitness up just in case ever required to, you know, make a little appearance here and there. But yeah, I, it's been um, it's been a bit of a whirlwind. Obviously, you know, it's no uh, no surprise that I'm really working on my on my media and punditry and all of that. But keeping a hand in with the coaching, and I've got the uh, Leicester scrum coach, which I'll be involved in, and um, you know, like imparting my knowledge, uh, mainly 
mainly good stuff, hopefully, um, with, with Leicester Tigers. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a, it's a massive challenge. It's just, it's just amazing to be a part of and, and still keep my hand in with the coaching as well as pursuing the other side of the career. So th- just to be clear, the, the, the plague boots aren't hung up just yet. No, they got. I think they they got a little lace on. They got a lace on, but you know, if if needed, you know me. I'll. I went out and played tens in Hong Kong earlier in the year. You know, if I get the call, who knows? Okay, well that that that's good to know. But what what stage are, are Leicester at? It, it must be a mad scramble. That's not nothing to do with with Leicester, but just the way that. Yeah, this is all falling together. This is the the best league in the world. It's going out by itself. There'll be new broadcasts and and all the rest of it, proper proper stuff. Putting a team together to 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 compete on and off the field there that that that's that's hell of a challenge. Where are you all at with it all? Yeah, I I haven't had too much to do that. I've put I've put a few thoughts in who I'd like. You know, like Santa's wish list. But um, who was top of it? Who was top of it? Ah, uh, can't can't tell you the trade secrets. Um, obviously, having Amy Cocaine, like she has, she's been an absolute weapon uh, for whatever team I've played alongside her, and uh, and to see her keep developing a real leader. So I'm I'm really really pleased um, with with her coming on. There's a few others that um, that that haven't come, but you know, there's um, there's there's a few more that that are, and I'm excited about what's what's coming up. The the quality of the players that you're getting in, you've you've got to try and think right. What do we need here? How do we how what do we want our identities to be, and how how are we going to survive and and make an impact? You know, we don't we don't want to be getting absolutely smashed week in week out. We actually want to be competitive and build. and And what's great is obviously the league isn't starting until a little bit later, so we've got that time to to develop and and. And try and make you know you've got to be really quick with how you get the connections and and the team you know all, all coming together really quickly to to play at the highest level. We've seen Exeter do it, and they've done an absolutely amazing job at it. And you know we've got to try and maybe nick a few of their ideas of of how to get that team clicking. And um, but yeah, I'm very excited about it. And you know it's going to be bumps along the road and there'll be exciting things that happen, but certainly, um, yeah, it's, it's great to get our teeth into and, and, you know, have a clean slate and we'll go from there. Yeah. Really exciting person. You know, a new challenge, new club, yeah, completely new. And it's a, it's a black canvas as well uh, for you and the rest of the, the, the management team. So Amy again, first piece of the, uh, the spine in place. I just wanted to ask you, are you, are you, are you surprised when, yeah, back in uh, 1837, when you first started with the uh, Red Roses squad. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, uh, when you first uh, picked up, and you sort of younger people came into the squad, uh, comparing that to, to the players that you're dealing with now, say at that sort of you know, late teens, uh, early 20s, how much is the rugby knowledge that much better at that age now? Oh, yeah. You you can see that... that- uh, these youngsters have been growing up with rugby and they've they've most of them have played minis and they've come through all the different age groups and and to have that understanding at 16 18 20 rather than 26 to 30 you know is is just brilliant like you you you, you saw it one of the first 
that came through was Meg Jones. Her knowledge and understanding of the game and just like, um, you know, a wise head on young shoulders, uh, you know, that, that was mind-blowing that such talent and and such calmness to then have that ability to read a game and know what was needed. And and we're seeing that now. And, you know, I'm out on the ground coaching loads of different clubs and doing guest sessions and we're seeing youngsters, 14, 16-year-olds who have got so much potential. I'm like, I genuinely think I'll see you in the Premiership in five years for sure. So, yeah, there'll be um, – there's this next level now and, and my role is to inspire the next generation and and educate them and, and get them at the best place they can be and and that's that's a hugely exciting thing for me to, to give back to rugby. Brilliant. Uh, Rocky – about winding up for uh, for this episode of the uh, the women's rugby board, we got your prediction on the uh, on the final three thirty Saturday the twenty fourth at Kingtome. Get your tickets to that one uh, through the websites, various websites for for that. Great to have you on and your, and your thoughts. Exciting time. What else are you up to? What are you up to over the summer? Oh well, actually, I'm um, I'm doing the London to Paris uh, bike ride in October, so I'll be doing a lot of cycling. So you'll see that on my socials. Probably a lot of coffeeing and taking my dogs for walks, and then obviously, more importantly, I start the new role at, um, at Leicester in in July, and and yeah, just just building up the 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 punditry and commentary and all of that and appearances. But yeah, just. Just getting out and about, my friend. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on and your thoughts. You, uh, you'll you be there at Kingside, will you, for the final? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, we will we will see you there. Rocky, thank you so much. Thank you to Tom and Vicky in the background as well. If you listen to this, keep an eye on our socials uh, because we have a... a, a an exciting announcement around that final coming up in the next couple of days. But um, yeah, and all these things, there's a lot of red tape and we'll have you to, to get through and approval and, and all the rest of it. Uh, but yeah, there may be an exciting little, uh, announcement uh, around that final. So keep uh, an eye on the socials. Rocky, thank you. Enjoy the sunshine, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you next week with a full final preview. Till then, stay safe. 